from the land Hello, of the Chiefs Kingdom. And it is Thursday, and we have this some news for you. Some traditions, attractions, and one guy just getting back out there that we know you want to hear about. We're brought to you by Rock Auto today. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On Chiefs sent you. We have to get into a number of things, and the NFL changed a couple of things today that are very, very important, and we're going to start off with what's new in Kansas City, and that is that you have a new, likely an offensive assistant that you remember from the Super Bowl. Katie Sowers made a lot of noise being the first female coach to participate in the Super Bowl. Obviously, it didn't go that great for her. Two other female coaches were on the winning side the last Super Bowl, but she's joining the Kansas City Chiefs with the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship, and I think that's how she got her job in uh, San Francisco as well, so that could lead to a permanent position. You never know. I think it's kind of a nice move just to broaden the scope of the coaching staff, but it's also nice because she's from Kansas and she got her degree at Central Missouri, so it's it's a homecoming, really. Yeah, it definitely is, and I think that's good for Kansas City. I think it's going to be something to watch going forward uh, if she's able to turn this into a long-term position, but uh, you know, it's good that Kansas City is looking at that direction, and uh, you know, she is from this area, so I'm glad Reed Gaver is giving her an opportunity. I think it's going to be cool, and she worked uh, with receivers, a little bit offensive line there. I don't know if Andy Heck needs uh, a whole lot more help. So I'm leaning towards maybe they double down and they let her run with the wide receivers. Um, Jay Blame or Joe Blamer is going to be running uh, that position group this year. So I think another experienced voice in the room that has coached wide receivers as a position group before, I think could be useful. Um, and honestly, that is such a wide open position. I think you have the the veterans that can kind of guide the room, but I also have a lot of developmental guys that I think are going to be in there throughout the season. I think that's a good spot. We'll see where she ends up coaching. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I am curious as to see where she ends up coaching as well. Uh, but it, I, like I said, I am excited that she's actually going to be in Kansas City and that she's going to get an opportunity to at least go you know through camp. Uh, I'm not sure how that fellowship works if it's for the entire season or if it's just for this this camp. I believe it's for camp, but most folks get hired afterwards. Um, we've seen that before. There's been a lot of guys who go on to be head coaches, including Mike Tomlin, who started this way as well. So um, I, I think I'm barring some kind of you know, um, bidding war for her services, I would think that there's a shot that you could see her all season long. All season long is going to be a little bit of addition. I know you guys are a little bit you know draft fatigued, but there's a new announcement as well that uh, the Senior Bowl – uh, headed by Jim Nagy, is expanding. And they're going to do their own special combine this year. It was originally slated to be in this last draft cycle, but because of COVID, it was pushed back a year. And it's going to be specifically for the historically black colleges and universities. They're going to have their own combine, get a lot more exposure for historic schools that have always had football programs that uh, you've heard Therese Paler talk about as as often as he possibly could, to tell you the truth. It's nice to see what is a smaller exposure group get brought up to the level that you're going to see timing, you're going to see results, you're going to see evaluations that are on par with as much attention as you get in the SEC. And I think that's a good thing for diversifying the whole talent pool that are going to be in this next draft. Yeah, I think it'll be good for their exposure and it's good to kind of expand the horizon when it comes to, you know, being able to have those kinds of that kind of information from a, another source other than just a regular combine. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Um Hopefully, we'll have more information on that as we go along. The NFL made some waves today as well. We're going to have to get to that coming up next because uh, this is just the start of what is going to be, I think, a dramatic shift in 
the way that business is done in the league going forward. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, I know you've been watching. This is right up your alley. The NFL made an announcement of a ceiling today on what the cap number is going to be. Funny that it's not a floor, and they haven't you know, determined the actual number, but what's your takeaway from the, the, the league saying, hey, we have a ceiling for it? Well, I did look into the details, and basically what it comes down to is the NFLPA owes the NFL basically, I think, $23 million for payments that were made in the 2019 season or 2020 season because of COVID that uh, the NFL covered, and those have to be paid back by 2023. This is the NFLPA's way of getting to a point where they're paying the NFL back sooner so the salary cap can really rise in the future. Um Basically, anything that comes in over 208, 200, the teams get to keep as a reimbursement for those previously paid expenses. Yeah, and that 23 million is per club, I believe. That's the average. In, right. in the agreement, they also waived some of the benefits payments, which would have been 17 million per team. So, in, in my perspective, coming off of a really down revenue year, like it seems both sides gave up some, some ground. And, and found a compromise to get the ball rolling and get the cap growing again. $25 million is nothing to sneeze at. I know it's not where it would have been before, but I think it's a good climb back to quote-unquote normal levels. <laughs> you want to say that, and I understand where you're coming from. Here's the problem for Kansas City right now. As of right now, uh, Over the Cap did update their numbers to hit the base salary cap at 208, which is the highest it can be, not necessarily what it's going to be. So it could be lower than 208. Right now, Kansas City will have $19 million in cap space, but there's a caveat on that. Their $19 million in cap space is really closer to $10 million in cap space because right now they only have 38 players under contract for the 2022 season. Hmm. And they're at $189 million in spending. So they have some work to do. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's going to be kind of true around the league, right? And especially in Kansas City, there's two big takeaways from here. Is that well like, they're, they're the media they're in the media they're in the middle. They're not, you know, the Colts are at the top, the Packers are in the worst position. They're 28 million over uh, currently. Cowboys are still 20 million over. The Rams are 3 million over. And then the rest of the teams are are compliant based on that 208 number. The two big things for me is that it doesn't sound out loud. Actually, now that you say that all those other teams that are over, that makes me feel a little bit better, better about their situation. But we knew that there were some of the, um, the veteran contracts they've signed in the last few years that have those really low base salaries in the first year or two. We knew those were going to start hitting. 
So clearly there's work to do. I think a Tyree Kill and Tyron Matthew will have extensions by then. So that should adjust some of that, uh, get them a little bit more space and push some of that a little bit farther out. That's got to be like, I can't field a, a team with 38 guys. So there's plenty of room to go there. But uh, do you see other restructures or things that they're going to have to try to look at? Well, I think there's definitely going to be places you have to look at. I do want to say really quick, who do you think leads the league in cap space available headed into 2022? Um, the Detroit Lions. This will surprise you. Really? Nope. Who? Indianapolis Colts. Wow. Well done, Chris Ballard. 80, 83 million in cap space for the Colts. Uh, so they're sitting really pretty right now, and I think they're going to be in a great spot. The you know when it comes to Kansas City and how they're going to end up moving into this and getting and getting it figured out and what they're going to end up having to do. I mean, obviously there's some moves that you would expect to be made. Um, I can't say that I think Kitchens is going to be here in 2022. So I would think that uh, he's going to be gone. Uh, that could save you eight and a half million dollars in the cap space. Um, you know, LDT will be gone. Uh, that'll save you a little bit in cap space. Uh, you could move on from guys like Butker, but I mean, three million in cap space, and you're going to need a new kicker. I don't think that's really worth it. Uh, Tyree Kill is going into the last year of his contract next year, and is at eighteen million. So you would think that that, or sorry, uh, they could save eighteen million by cutting Tyree Kill with his Never gonna cap happen. number. Yeah, exactly. Um, he'll be restructured, so that'll help. Uh, Frank Clark's another one. I mean. You know, there's going to be questions of whether or not he, that's going to be something that they're going to look at, at working with. Um, he's got a $26.3 million cap number next year. Uh, right now, savings to cut him pre-June 1st would be 12.7. That's a lot. Um, By far the biggest on the team. And you could restructure. Yes, there are other things that could happen. We're, we're going to see this is. Coming to a crossroads for Frank Clark, he's got to be the force that they had envisioned when they brought him here, probably this season, where that starts to get really hairy for him. It's it's difficult. I will tell you this, though. If there's a way to tread water, I'll bet you they find it because the other big takeaways from even though this number has been set at this point, your guy, Joe Corey, on his podcast has been uh, taking a look down the line. And we're talking about 2023 possibly being in the 290 million range for the cap. Possibly. That's incredible. And now, not only do you can you tread water a year maybe and and not have to release some guys. But now all of a sudden this is like I thought it was going to take a little bit longer. We we're going to get midway in the Mahomes contract before we we're like, "Hey, look, he's a bargain again." This might happen like right now, a, a year from now we might be saying, "Look, Patrick is not the cause of any kind of stress cap-wise at this point. Well, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you still have money that you can restructure with Patrick to where you know he's got a $27, $27 million roster bonus, uh, and his salary for the year is one point five. So, I mean, you don't have a ton of room that you can really move around with Patrick, but you do have a little bit of wiggle room there. Um you know, you could prorate the bonus and, you know, spread it out over, do a signing bonus instead of a roster bonus. So you do have ability to make that 27, basically 5 million, um, you know, for the year or, you know, six or 7 million really. Uh, so you do have space you can work with, with Patrick. And I just think that they're going to have to make some moves. I'm just not sure where they're going to do it. 
And honestly, it all is going to depend on what they do with guys like Tyron Matthew and what they do with Tyree Hill. And, you know, those are the moves that are going to be making the biggest difference because you have to remember this 2022 number is also without signing Orlando Brown to an extension. He's mm-hmm. not on the roster. Right. Yeah, that is a significant chunk right there. Um and I guarantee you he's going to be here in 2022. So, yeah, I mean, think that Chris Jones contract. That's my thought. So that no, I think it's going to be well, well north of the Chris Jones contract. Yeah. But we'll see. Okay. Well, so there evaporated all the cap space. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, it was nice to have it for a minute. There it was. There it went. Um, at that point, though, like you said, there are things they can do specifically with Patrick um, and some other moves that they can make. I think overall, though. To be able to recover from a year when you couldn't have fans in seats. I mean, I think the overall attendance record for the league was like 11% of the seats filled this last season. To be able to recover from that in two seasons is incredible as far as I'm concerned. Well, but see, to be fair, and here's the key and the caveat, just because they're maxing it at 208, don't say that that's going to pay everything off. Right. It could still be another, you know, five, six, seven, ten million a team. It just depends. We don't know how much is going to come in for revenue next year. But those mega deals, I think, with the media groups are going to make a huge difference. And quite frankly, if they're if as long as they hit their three year plan, I think that's still really incredible for dealing with what they had to deal with and get teams on the field. So whatever they have to do with Patrick in terms of the contract, that's going to be one thing. True, and I will say this is also what complicates things for Kansas City when it comes to Julio Jones as well. When you start talking about what they would have to do just to be able to make all that work, looking at 2021, you can make it work pretty easily, or you can make it work easily enough, I guess. 2022 is going to be very difficult. Uh, and you know, one of the things, you, you mentioned Joel Corey earlier, he had an article, uh, and one of the things that they did with uh, one of the other contracts of somebody that got traded in 2019, I think it was a linebacker. He had a bonus due or a guarantee due the next year. And no, he had a salary of, you know, 15 million, let's say. They took 5 million of his salary, changed it into a roster bonus due five days after the start of the new year. So they moved the salary to the next year, but it was guaranteed as of five days after the trade. So effectively, that's kicking five years down the road to the next year. Now, you can do that, and that works, but again, then you're just upping the cap space for 2022 where Kansas City doesn't have any. Right. Again, they can make it, but yeah, big questions. Big questions. They all revolve around what happens with the quarterback contract, and so it depends on what he does on the field as well. There's a couple of things that are going to affect that. We're going to get to Patrick Mahomes, and he is back on the OTA fields coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the market for a while now. Built Bar's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com. By using the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This has been tough for me, I got to tell you. OTAs have started. It's been two days, and I haven't seen 
a thing that anyone saw in person. It's driving me a little bit nuts. I'm looking at photos on the Chiefs official site, like trying to decipher who's doing what. Thursday, there's going to be pressures and we'll have more for you. But man, this is this is making me a little bit kind of twitchy to tell you the truth. I get it. And it's, you know, it's a it's a time where the team could give you more information and they choose not to, which stinks, but it is what it is. And this is, you know, kind of the thing that we're dealing with. But I will say this. This is probably like the least amount of information you're going to get the rest of the year for the Chiefs, because once the beat reporters get in, then you'll have information and it won't be information overload, but you'll have plenty of information coming through. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The good thing is, though, is we've derived from what little information we have is that Patrick Mahomes is taking drops. He's not just standing, you know, throwing, you know, with just the arm like we know that he can. He's moving his feet and that surgically repaired big toe, I think, is going to be the focal point here for the next few months until we're in training camp and we see what he does after, you know, a few days practice where it's real. But for right now, like I'm really pleased to see that he's moving the ball around. He's moving his body around, able to plant and drive off of that foot by all intents from what we've seen little tiny clips on social media from the, the team's official account. Um, are you surprised by that? Are you relieved by that? How do you take that for where we are right now at the end of May? Nothing shocks me when it comes to him and his recovery. I think he is one of those athletes that is has always been very attuned to his body. And if you look at some of the deals he's made with some of the providers that he uses, it's a lot of recovery stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's going to recover faster than a normal human just because he's using things that are going to speed that process up. Uh, So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's healed faster than they expected him to. I'm just relieved a little bit because it's always something, you know, that too. It's just, it's a small area. You know, you make that, that repair, like any number of things can go on. I, I think what right now is the most important thing is he doesn't need to be taking drops from center. I know you got to get to know Creed Humphrey in particular, Austin Blythe as well, just in case he wins and, out. And the his job. left-handed snaps. Right. Creed but Humphrey. That's, that's a thing. Like, I know they got to do it, but you can't afford one miscue for someone to step on Patrick's foot. So it's all pistol and shotgun snaps as far as I'm concerned until training camp, no matter what. Uh, I bet you're wrong on that. But you're probably I understand right. where you're coming from. <laughs> I know where you're coming from, but I bet you're wrong. <laughs> uh, that, maybe that's why they're not putting it out, so I don't have to watch it. Maybe and Thank you, Chiefs PR, for helping me because, yeah, that just that makes me cringe a little bit. For the focus of this team and adding so many offensive line guys, I mean, we're going to see – Four, I think we're going to see five new starters from last season start game one. I also think we're going to see four new guys who have never started for this team. So that means a lot in terms of getting everything synced, getting everything all right, so that you're not putting the quarterback in a position to, like I said, either be stepped on or get run into or get off of his timing so that he stresses himself out and does anything to re-injure. Just to be clear, are you saying that Rimmers is going to be your right tackle, or are you saying LDT is going to be your right guard? I'm thinking LDT is going to be the right guard. Okay. Just that's, to be clear. Yeah, that that's my thought. No, I wasn't going with the Rimmers, but nice catch. Uh. <laughs> uh, just wanted to just wanted to clarify. No, I, I really do think it's a good it's a good sign for Patrick to be able to practice, and I'm I'm happy he's able to do that, and I'm happy he's able to get out there. Uh we did mention this already uh, a couple weeks ago, but it was confirmed. Orlando Brown has changed his number to 57, so that is going to be his number in Kansas City. 
so just know that that's going to be a thing. That's cool. Hey, tackles with 50 numbers. That's that's fine. I, I'm expecting a linebacker to wear that one. It's going to take me a little getting used to, but it is what it is. Um, so that said, let, just wait till you see the Cowboys that have single digit numbers on other people and Mac Jones in New England, who's wearing 50. Right. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't understand that in the slightest, but hey, whatever it is. Um, Jared McKenna is wearing one for the Chiefs, as I understand it. So um, that's a little bit weird as well. Um, I'm still a little bit like, could that really be like with the shoulder structure? Could 14 really still be Sammy? Because Cornell Powell in just a jersey from the, the waist up looks a lot like Sammy in terms of his build, right? So that's intriguing to me. Um, who else stood out? Um, I believe uh, Kamala Correa is wearing like 45 or something. I'm not, I'm, I'm baffled by some of these numbers. This is going to take getting used to. Well, yeah, and you're going to have to watch games and you're going to have to watch camp. And then, you know, that's one of the struggles I have at camp every year is watching those players run around and trying to figure out who's wearing what number. And now you can't even rely on what number they're wearing to figure out what position they're playing for the most part. <laughs> right. Well, hey. It should make things a lot more interesting. I will say this, too, is we're going to have to track those offensive linemen a lot more because there was a rule change the NFL announced on Wednesday as well, and, and that is specific to what they call the tight end box. It's a little bit different than the tackle box, and it extends farther. That's the key here. Um, as the rule comes down, it is specific to blocking below the waist, and that is that it is contained to the five-yard mark behind the line of scrimmage, uh, I think it's on either side of the line of scrimmage is the, the letter of the, the rule. Um, but I think this is really going to be um, called in the offensive backfield. And so it, it limits where that can happen. And it is the, the tight end box, two yards outside of the tackle on either side, back to five yards on either side of the line of scrimmage. And I think that's a little bit interesting. I think it's a really tough call to make for uh, a lot of the refs in this league. I think... I'll be very interested to see whether they start calling it hot and heavy like they did the uh, uh, the landing on the quarterback thing the other year where they had to back off of it. That's the problem is I think that's what you're going to see is they're going to hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, and then it's going to be called too much, and then they will have to back off. Yeah, That would be my guess. It, it makes sense to me. I'll be interested to see exactly how that goes, but one way or the other, we're going to see it. and. Uh, I think it's it's a good thing overall. Let, let's you know keep guys safer, keep careers more lengthy. I think that's good for the game overall, and good for all of us who watch it. So uh, I'll be interested to see if they pass other rule changes. Uh, I know there's a the 90 man roster limit, but that's pretty much back to normal. So there you go. If we do get wind of new things, we will definitely update you guys. You'll have all of our analysis. We have another show tomorrow. If you heard us today, you can definitely check back tomorrow. We see we take a look at the weekend. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We thank you for all of your iTunes reviews. Please keep those coming. And uh, we thank you for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.